All right, guys, and welcome back to This Is Ibrooks, your favourite Rangers podcast. Today we're delighted to be doing something a wee bit different, and we're going to be doing an opposition, well, a fan opposition preview of Borussia Dortmund versus Rangers in the last 60, the last 32, sorry, of the Europa League. Now that it get elongated into 32. So we've got Anton today for the Glasgow Borussia Dortmund Supporters Club, the official supporters club of Borussia Dortmund in Glasgow. So do you want to introduce yourself, Anton, and tell us a wee bit about how you get into Dortmund? Yeah, well, I've, um, obviously I started the fan club in 2019. Basically, there's, there's a few fan clubs in Britain. Um, there's one in Edinburgh, most notably the only one in Scotland. That well, back then it was, there's a few in Scotland there. Um, there's a few in England, big one in London, big one in Yorkshire as well. So... I just thought like Glasgow, big football in city. Obviously, I love for Dortmund as well. So I decided to kind of start and just to see where it went. But obviously, COVID had kind of kicked in, so it meant trips over and stuff like that was almost impossible. Um, but I've been a Dortmund fan going back to the kind of early nineties, um, and that's kind of when it took off. And just kind of over the last few years, social media, BT Sports, just everything took off better, and you can find out a lot more about the team and stuff like that. So. Um, always had a kind of a soft spot back in the nineties for them, and it just kind of grew from there. They're my better diehards. Ah, good stuff. You've obviously got the hoodie on representing them all the day. That's it. All right. I've got a few red tops there. in my in my wardrobe as well, but I thought I don't want to overdo it. I've got about six caps as well, but I thought I'll just. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll get get you on for the second leg, and you can get the full kit, the shinies, and the captain's armband on and all that, right? You better believe it, mate. <laughs> Sure, Kim, are you? Yeah, no, I'm good. Uh, looking forward to hopefully a good game on Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday tea time, even. Aye. Good stuff. Aye. Five to six kickoff on Thursday night, as Europa League. We've been hurt with the early kickoff. What do you make of the early kickoffs in the Europa League? Because for me, it's a bit, I don't know, I think it contradicts a lot of the times folk are getting home for their work and stuff like that. But I think it's quite a difficult kick-off to make regardless of what you're doing or where you've been. I always find it. It's just like, what do you do for the rest of the night? It's like 8 o'clock and it's like, do you watch another game or do you just try and find something other than Coronation Street to watch? So it's, uh, it's tricky that way and like you say, people getting home from work and things like that. I'm not sure what becomes an even bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think it's, I think it's like when you finish work, you're rushing home trying to catch a game. If you, I suppose, if you're an armchair fan, it's maybe a wee bit easier because you can watch sit and watch two games straight after each other. But if you go to the game, then it's a, it's a mad rush into it. But I find myself almost missing parts of the games if it's that kind of like a cough. But it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And thought I helped the. Now you get into Dortmund in the early 90s, was that maybe because your Scottish team wasn't the best of choice at the time? Or that... um, well, I don't know what maybe being a Rangers podcast, mate, um, um, was maybe trying to sway away from that. But, um, uh, well, let's say Dortmund were in Glasgow in the early 90s, twice. Um, and I, I went to, well, in fact, I've seen them in 87, believe it or not, um, against Celtic, 92 against Celtic. But I didn't. Obviously, tickets for Ibrox back then as a kind of foreign team um, when they played them in the Champions League a couple of times. I think they played them in the UEFA Cup as well. Um, but Rangers faced, uh, back in the 80s, Rangers faced like a formidable um, Dortmund side. And they've actually done well. I'm, I don't know if you know your 
kind of background on the, the fixtures, but Rangers have got a, quite a good record against Dortmund, which is obviously you guys will be hoping to keep that up because uh, I think they're the only Scottish team to win in, in Dortmund, the old the old thing. I think it might have been um, this, the old stadium they won in, I think it was. Uh, but they've, they've had a good few um, decent ties against them. Hopefully we can keep that going on Thursday, but uh, I we'll go on to that predictions and stuff like that now. You will. So Dortmund's recent form, obviously, the weekend just gone. You get the three 0 win against Union Berlin. Who I know for coming up for the second division, they kind of established ourselves quite a tricky Bundesliga team in the top tier now. But a three 0 win, you can't complain. Granted, the Europa League with that kind of result, but with the five two against Leverkusen getting beat the week before. So, how's Dortmund's form been recently? Because it seems a bit inconsistent, but there's always a lot of goals. Mate, you, I don't even know where to start. Um, inconsistency, it's always the same. I think I've always said the, the start of the season, Dortmund always kind of come out flying and the first half you're thinking, right, this could be a, a real title race and really push it because as we know, for being in Scotland as well, like, Nobody wins forever. Do you know what I mean? Somebody's going to take over again. So Bayern are going for 10 in a row this season. And we're kind of thinking, well, they're not going to win it forever. So surely Dortmund, being the closest rival, are going to take it off at some point. And we'll be hoping that for the last couple of years. But there's the forms, really. The first loss against Freiburg earlier on the season. I mean, Freiburg have done excellent this season. They're kind of pushing up for the Champions League spaces. Um, Union Berlin is, we beat them at the weekend, obviously. They've, they've assisted only the second home, home game they've lost. Um, probably in about something like 26 matches and it's only been Dortmund and Bayern that's beat them so they've been excellent at home and the performances probably up until the Christmas break the winter break in Germany uh, kind of lost at Hertha Berlin lost a wee bit before that against Leipzig and Gladbach who if you look at them their form this season has they been good Leipzig recently have came back a bit more and kind of pushing up to take fourth spot in the minute um, they've had a poor season by their standards, and Hertha Berlin, the 3-1 loss at the end was like a real nail in the coffin, I think, for the title. But then Bayern get beat against Bochum and Dortmund won, so is it a title race? We keep saying, I don't know. I don't know. Just being brutal. But if, if, push, if you push me for an answer, I'd probably say uh, Bayern will still win it. I think, um, kind of fair neutral point of view, and personally, I've got a wee bit of a soft spot for Dortmund as well. I have done for I don't know, that Klopp team of 2012, I think. But um, I've always thought either they're nearly there, but just never quite made it. What about you, Sean? Have you paid much attention to the Bundesliga in recent years? Or? Uh, I've been paying more attention to Bundesliga spy. I'm a Hamburg man and, yeah, been stuck down there the last few years, but this year it's, it's very tight. I think that's like six teams all within about two points of one another at the top of that division. But I always keep an eye on the Bundesliga. I think it's the best of the top five leagues in Europe. And until right. Bayern went on this incredible run, any team could win it. It's always that weird. It's Stuttgart Pope not winning it and things like that. It's just, there's always been a sort of surprise package. And the same at the other end of the table with Hamburg getting relegated, Stuttgart getting relegated. And down there just now there's Schalke and Bremen. So it's Bundesliga is one of the top divisions to watch. And yeah, it's just a shame Sky have got the rights this season and don't seem to be shown that many games, which is 
infuriating them sitting putting replays on a championship games and they could be showing a live Bundesliga game, so it's been yeah. difficult this season to keep track. Aye. Funnily enough, Anton, I was just thinking there, I remember having a chat with you like, off air a few weeks ago. We've, we were actually at the same Borussia Dortmund game a few years ago. That's correct, yeah. I remember you said you were in Berlin. Um, I took my, my wife on a nice romantic trip to to Berlin. Um, she's not a football fan, but I said, do you fancy got a Dortmund game? And I don't know if you remember that night, mate, but it was absolutely freezing cold. And, and I was oh, like... I was looking forward to getting a Bratwurst and a couple of beers. But I took two beers and I'm like, I can't take any of them. It's just freezing. And I dragged my missus all over Berlin looking at the Berlin Wall and all that. It must, must have been felt felt about minus six degrees. But um, yeah, that was the night. I was actually looking forward to seeing Obama again playing. And if you remember, he'd fell out with the hierarchy there and uh, ended up a 1-1 draw, if you remember. Aye, aye, I remember that well. Me and my dad went for the weekend, not quite as romantic as you and your missus went off. <laughs> um, aye, me and my dad went for the weekend and I went to Hertha Berlin, Borussia Dortmund at the Olympia Stadium just to give you guys listening a bit of context on that one. And honestly, German football is just a different world. It's the fact like there wasn't a lot of segregation there either. The layout of the stadium's a bit like Murrayfield, you can get right run it. It's quite open and all the wee concourses are outside and I just found even the way they market the football in Germany is next level it's even we teams like we said about Union and it seems like every team in the Bundesliga gets a massive market representation they've all got their own wee shops and sections in every store and all that it's crazy but it's it's good yeah yeah I think you said as well I think a lot of sorry to drop me I think a lot of like if you look at uh, you guys, uh, the Union Bears and stuff like that, the Green Brigade, um, a lot of it is kind of modelled on the the German fans as well with the marks to the stadiums and the pyros and stuff like that. I mean, the fan culture there is definitely been kind of mirrored, I think, with the Bundesliga, with the hardcore fans and that. And just what the, the other boy said there, what's his name, sorry? Shug. Shug? All right. But you said as well about that. Hamburg, I think, obviously, we know in Glasgow, it's... Rangers, Hamburg, Celtic, San Pauli. But I think the thing, the thing I always find interesting is that I know a lot of kind of Rangers guys and Celtic guys who are Dortmund fans as well. So it seems to be kind of split in the middle. And uh, people have asked me to arrange, maybe arranging meetups or something like that. Um, it'd be really interesting to get a bunch of Celtic and Rangers fans in a pub drinking, supporting Dortmund. But that <laughs> may not take off. Eh? <laughs> well, man, he's a Dortmund man, so... <laughs> He's, uh, I, I think that'd be a good idea to be fair and then when you're saying about St Foliot was probably the shock of the season Dortmund getting oh. deep out in the cup oh that was oh, my I know we say shock but it's not, not really a surprise if Dortmund have been playing though. I mean um, can't complain too much but because I've, I've won the Pokal a good few times over in my lifetime supporting them so they won the Pokal or, or, you know, two years running um, it's always going to be a kind of hard ask but just to go out that way was a bit disappointing, but... Aye, so see we just going on to the Carpex. Actually, that leads us on quite nicely to the next But Do you think, Anton, this is Dortmund's best chance to establish themselves as a proper winning club rather than just that developmental club this season? Like, if they were to go on and win the Europa League, obviously mm-hmm. you'd rather probably be in the Champions League, but after a tough group with established clubs, should we say, like, Ajax, Benfica and Sporting, Sporting, I think, have been phenomenal this year. But 
Do you think if Dortmund were to go on and win the Europa League, it would maybe promote them even more than maybe reaching the quarters of the Champions League would in terms of that winning mentality and turning your young squad into a winning mentality? Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. I think that's what's missing. Um, a lot of the, the kind of the, the hierarchy of Dortmund, we always speak about producing young players. And if you look at Usman Dembele, uh, Sancho and stuff like that, going bringing them in for like pennies and selling them for like, huge millions of pounds, probably the same with Haaland and, and a few years Bellingham and Reynard as well, I would imagine. Uh, Pulisic obviously left for a lot of money. So that's the frustrating thing, like getting these players and then can you imagine if we held most of them together? Um Disappointing that they're looking at kind of just keeping the club like stable. I can understand because I, if you, I don't know if he's, he's aware, but Dortmund had financial troubles back in the early two thousands and they were quite close to the wall. And uh-huh. since that, they've, 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 they've kind of vowed never to pay the big wages and stuff like that again. Uh, so they don't want to kind of be in that situation again, um, which you can understand. But like you said, Dortmund's massive, biggest supported team in Germany. Um, you, you must be winning trophies. You must be challenging. And I think the attitude in Germany is that um, a lot of the teams just think we can't compete with Bayern Munich. Whereas that, Celtic and Rangers, it's unthinkable for us to, to think like that in Scotland. In Glasgow, you don't think like that. It's like you must want it for either side, isn't it? So I think um, Europa League is like a must. Get a trophy. It completes uh, the treble the, the European trophies. Obviously, there's a new one out, but... I think they should be definitely going to, to win it. And that's the kind of the message that the, the club are sending out as well, that they're going out to kind of win this tournament. Aye. I don't think they want to be in that new one. No. Aye, <laughs> it conference league or something. Boxall Conference or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I like the other vows, sorry, that they would never sell another player to Bayern. Enjoyed that, but to sell so many players to Bayern over the years because that's just where the players wanted to go. And I'm guessing that's the sort of winning mentality they wanted to go to Bayern to win trophies. Yeah. Whereas they should be wanting to stay dormant and winning trophies. So I guess it's sort of trying to change that mindset, I'm guessing. Yeah. Is that right, Shug? They vowed never to sell another player to Bayern? Yeah. Fair play to them. I'm not sure, quite sure if that'll be that'll be true though. I mean, if the money's correct, you know what I mean. If, if they offer more for Haaland, for example, um, they'll, they'd probably take it. I'd imagine. Do you know what I mean? But uh, it might just be the case. Though, I mean, in, in principle, but if a player runs his contract down or, or the lease clauses met, like Haaland's going to get in the summer, then yeah. they've no say in. Essentially, it's got to be accepted. But I mean, that's what happened with Lewandowski's contract ran out uh, back in the day. So he yeah. never actually got a transfer fee for him. His contract ran out, he was a free agent, then he went to Bayern. So it's not like they took him off Dortmund, he just didn't extend his contract. If Dortmund had kept that Klopp squad together, that was when I fell in love with him, I think. Me and all my pals did. It was FIFA. They were rapid and FIFA. They were brilliant to use and everyone else loved them. And since then, it was just... I still, In fact, I was talking to a guy in my work today saying... I actually want to, get to see if somebody can source his mind the Champions League talk they had for that season. It was the yellow and black stripe one with the Evonik sponsor across it. Oh, it. Magic. That was yeah. the year I fell in love with him, man. That was... Yeah, I was, I was gotten out of that Champions League final uh, against Bayern, then Robin 
Sport of Honor. Aye, Leon, I think it broke everything you struggled out of that one. I think you'd need to be pretty sour to have wanted Bayern to win that one or no, be at least a bit gutted for Dortmund when he did. I just when we spoke about the kind of young prospects in Dortmund there and them developing the squad, obviously we spoke about Haaland with the release clause and that Haaland's return for injury has been postponed recently and it looks like he's going to miss at least the first leg of the game. So would you, what impact do you think that will have on the game and are Dortmund going to have to adjust the way they play if they've not got that big focal point up front? Have they struggled without him and how do you see it going? Definitely struggle without him. I think the, the big thing was when you when you buy a striker, like an elite striker, we'll call him, right? Um, see the backup striker back in the day. I don't know if you remember Dortmund when they had they had maybe had uh, Adrian Ramos, the big Colombian guy, as a kind of backup striker. He would come on, he would score a few goals. So if the elite striker was out, he'd come in and get a few goals. But just now, there's there's nobody um, to come in. You're going to play Marlon up front through the centre. We need more effective, kind of bit wide. Um, Steph Tigas as well who's kind of like a fringe player who plays for the second team sometimes um, he scored against Leverkusen but he's not really got a run of the, the team I don't know if he would do the damage if he played to, uh, regularly and then Mikoku as well the young boy 17 year old they kind of put Aye. a lot of um, so to answer your question it could be tricky without him but I, I heard today that he, he was photographed training um, either yesterday or today, light training session. So there is a chance that he could make it. I, I don't see him starting. I think he maybe plays on the bench, and if they're in trouble, he could go at like twenty minutes to go, sling him on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard that Jack Simpson's no in my Europa League squad, and yes, next year they're coming up against Jack Simpson. So I think that must be the difference. That's why he's going to make it. Aye. <laughs> Fat off. Jack Simpson's not playing. I maybe I'll play then, but Simpson was fit. Nah, nah, no thanks. <laughs> Pretty much. Nah, I think um, I think if it was to play, I honestly reckon I, I feel the worst. I think he'd have a field day, especially when Balogun's just picked up an injury. I know Bassey and that, Bassey and Goldson are pretty strong at the back, but. I think Bassey would basically have to cover Barisic all the time and it just wouldn't work out well. Although, see the boy Makoko we spoke about there? He's had a bright start. He's been raved about and done yeah. various different pages and Twitter and stuff. He's Dortmund's youngest player ever, if I'm not wrong. Um, yeah, the youngest goal scorer as well. Um, Aye, they not score in his debut as well. Um, I think it was his like third game or something like that. Maybe his first start or something. I don't know what it was, but at sixteen he came on and scored in the Bundesliga. It's it's a promising start, regardless. But I think it, it doesn't really matter if it's Dortmund's third strength striker. I think it will probably be strong enough to do a job, considering that I have a player that we all due respect we were up against in Scotland most weeks. Yeah. Because yeah, I noticed when I was having a quick look over the score, I've seen that Holland's got about a third of the goals this season. So, yeah. And then I think Marco Royce was the only other player in double figures and things, and Royce is more a winger. So I was kind of wondering if that would change. I wasn't sure about Tiggs or that, how they played. I'm guessing it's just going to be a sort of small striker, speedy. Sort of somebody fast, Marlon's fast. 
I'm guessing it'll be more yeah. that rather than the sort of brute force of Haaland. Yeah, well, Stigas as well. Stigas is quite a big boy. He's quite strong. Um, if they're going to start winning, I could possibly see him starting over Mikoku, but if, my prediction would probably be Marlon to play him right. through the middle. But Royce has been playing kind of behind. He's more effective and he got his two goals by playing kind of as a number 10 role um, at the weekend. Um, it's, as we spoke about earlier, it's unpredictable. I, I don't like this sticking a midfielder up front or sticking like Emery Chan, for example. I know he's, he's missing the game, but him playing centre-back, Witzel playing centre-back, it's, it's ridiculous. He kind of keep playing players out of position all the time. Aye, I think there's I think there's a lot to be said about putting a bandage or a wound and then there's just totally point blank putting somebody out of position. Like it's different maybe if you're down to 10 men and your defender's been sent off for talking sake, but I don't know, I'm not a big fan of that either. So I take it you're not a big fan of the false nines and that then, if you were to stick Royce up front and have him as a wee false nine? No. <laughs> No, I'm kind of old school. I like a, I like a four four two, two wingers, two central midfielders, two strikers. But obviously, Germany it's, it's big that you play kind of all these weird systems and a big striker up front. If you look at most teams, um, they've always got a big guy as your centre forward, like Lewandowski, uh, Karajic at Stuttgart. Um, who else is it as well? Like obviously, just joined um, Burnley, but we cost for. Um, Wolfsburg as well so he's a big strong physical player Aye, uh, big, big six foot six man he's an animal he looks a player to be fair he looks the perfect fit for Burnley I'd love us to get a big striker like that to go with Morelos Aye he would run he would run right up here I was actually as I said about a backup striker in the summer I was kind of crying out we need for Dortmund we need a backup striker in case Haaland's out he's been out twice this season already I think with intensity Haaland plays that and the amount of running does he feels a lot of muscles because a lot of muscle strains and stuff. So I was kind of thinking to myself, big cost for a, a backup striker would be excellent, you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. If... Holland, Holland's just going to say, like, he's, he's going to go to the very top, obviously, but he's, he's one of them players. I don't want him to play against Rangers, but at the same time, he is the kind of player that you want to say, seen him at Ibrox. It's just one of them. It's a sort of star name that you said. Yeah, I remember when he came to Ibrox and we kept a clean sheet. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But yeah, no, it's just one of them players, superstars. That, yeah, you want to be, you want to see these players. It's the whole point of being in Europe is the chance to see these players and not your Carter's mains and things like that playing up front against you. So it's. It's one of them. I'm hoping he's not playing, but then that's a small part of me that's hoping that he does play in the return league. Aye, I'm the exact same. That, I think he's one of the players that, in Dortmund's team, when the draw was made, that's the first player you think about. So the reason you buy a ticket, because you want to go and see a player like that, you want to go and see a team like that. Like I'm buzzing to go and see the likes of Bellingham, Reina, Haaland, Marco Royce, Hummels. Because it's been ages for we've seen that kind of calibre, calibre of player at Ibrox. And I would just brought in Aaron Ramsey for a Champions League level team and he's obviously at a similar kind of level. But these boys in a couple of years could be world beaters, like absolute elite level. Like it was a bit like when we played Leverkusen a few years ago and Kai Havertz was a striker. I think he was playing as a false nine, actually, funnily enough. And uh, 
Now you see he's going on and scored Champions League final and Club World Cup final goals at Chelsea. So it is one of them, you know. I, I have seen him at Ibrox, but I've got to agree with you, Shug. I think um, I hope he comes on for maybe about 20 minutes at Ibrox or something. And I has a wee quiet one, but other than that, he, he misses it. Can I just say, I think I would agree with you, but the, you, you want to see the best players playing at your stadium. There's nothing better than, no matter who you, who you support or who you're watching, whether it's Rangers, Celtic, or you're watching Scotland. I mean, I went to Scotland in Belgium. I'm not a big, massive, kind of diehard Scotland fan, but I play in Belgium. I went and watched De Bruyne, and he set up three goals and scored one. Scotland get beat 4 nothing, And see, to watch De Bruyne that night, Absolutely tremendous. He's moving and stuff. So I've got a wee tip for you as well. See if if Alan does play Ibrox. Obviously, you mm-hmm. don't see this on the TV, right? It's hard to see TV watching it for here as well. But see if you watch his movement. He's like he makes runs that um, some of his, his teammates don't see him running. They don't pick him out. So I think he's kind of like his mentality is above um, some of his teammates. He's making runs and he's expecting the pass in there. He's ahead of the game, I think. He, like as a, as a kind of Thinker, if you like, and you can't really put that into somebody. Um, you've got to be born with that, I think. Aye, that kind of instinctive nature. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's maybe a bit like, not so much now, but a few years ago when Ronaldo would play with Portugal and you were just like, this guy's in a different level for the rest of his team. Maybe not on such a massive scale with Ronaldo in Portugal, but just the wee things like that, I definitely. But I lads, it's uh, Stefan Claus Darby. Obviously, a guy that's played and won trophies at either club, lifted the Champions League at Dortmund and lifted a fair few trophies at Ibrox. What's your thoughts on the great man? One of the best. The goalie. Man. Do you remember much about him, Anton, for his time at Dortmund? Mostly mostly Rangers, obviously. I brilliant goalkeeper. I mean, if you look over the years, Rangers have always had kind of, if I can remember, I've always had like excellent keepers. Um, going back to I remember Chris Woods and stuff like that. Brilliant, obviously Gorham, McGregor, Kloss is definitely kind of up there. Um, I, I don't know, possibly in the, like the top three Rangers goalkeepers of all time, maybe. Um, Champions League winner, as you said, um, well loved in Dortmund as well. Um, kind of quiet guy now, I think. I've heard he kind of doesn't. He's out of the line, like doesn't bother me much stuff. But hope interesting to see if he comes out and says anything or even attends the game. But you've also got um, Christian Nellinger as well, if you remember, played with Rangers in the back in the day as well, played for Dortmund and Bayern. All right, here we go. So Benjamin right. more than anything else when he's at Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the day Kloss and Purcell both retired. I think that was that's one of my first ever memories, actually. I think it was six or seven. But I've got Gio versus Gio as well. We've got Van Bronckhorst and the boy that was named after him, Gio Reyna. Obviously, Claudio Reyna, ex-Rangers player, being the father of Gio Reyna, to give people a wee bit of context in case some of the listeners don't know the background story. Claudio had a son, I think it was around about 2000, about the same year I was born, and named him after Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, as new Rangers manager. So what kind of dynamics do you think that will put in the game, Jink? It will maybe... Waver a wee bit of confidence or Jenkins head strong enough to crack on with it regardless? I think he's, he's yeah, he'll be hit. In fact, you know what? I don't even know if he'll start the game because he's just come back to injury. Um, I'm sure he'll be, he'll be choking to play Ibrox, definitely. 
he'll, he'll no doubt know about his dad, who was a, a, another brilliant player as well, done well in a successful in the team as well. So um, he'll, he'll no doubt about the game as well. So he'll get a good reception from his, I think, as well. Um, I don't know if his son will play too much uh, part of the game, but um, he's just come back uh, at the weekend there. So I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a chance he, he plays a part. But if only he was born when he was here, staying in Glasgow, he might have qualified to play for Scotland. <laughs> oh, that would have been nice. Aye. Oh, can you imagine a midfield three and McGinn, Gilmore and Rayner? I don't think Steve Clark would be able to handle it. <laughs> Put one in the centre-back. His dad just to play all over the park at Rangers. He's right back. He's centre-mid. He was a winger. So if he's got the adaptability of his dad, then we're playing a few positions. Nah, I, honestly, I think anybody, especially people out there that maybe, like myself, have been playing football manager over the years, will be well aware of the talent and potential of this Dortmund team and on their day, if they were not to play to their max potential, give most teams a game. What's our predictions for Thursday night then, lads? I'll let you, I'll let you go first. Well, I did a, a sort of report on the earning game and I didn't predict. Um, I would take a narrow one-goal defeat if we can keep the game going and bring it back to Ibrox and then I think there's only 10,000 allowed at the Dortmund game so it's not going to be as intimidating as what it might have been in the past and it's a shame again that's another thing same with wanting to see Harlem play and you also want to see full houses and the atmosphere and everything uh, but I think if we can keep it to an R01 goal defeat I think it gives us a chance back at Ibrox and I think that's 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 what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that in the second leg there's something there to play for. Yeah, what about yourself, Anton? I'll go. I, I think unpredictability with Dortmund. We don't know. Obviously, I think I think he'll definitely score at least one, possibly two goals over the two legs. Um, but as you said as well, if Dortmund play the potential, they could take. They could. It could be like three, four, five. If they'd play the potential, I would probably go for like a 3 1, 3 1 Dortmund, I would say, for the first leg. I, I think Rangers will score. Um, some, some of the defending that they're Dortmund this season, not a lot of clean sheets in any competition. So there's always a goal there in defence. And some of it is calamitous at times as well. So uh, the, the interesting thing as well, like obviously two excellent keepers with McGregor. Obviously, if he's kind of top of his game, he can, you could easily see him keeping a clean sheet and maybe getting a 0 0. Um, Koble as well he's probably he's one of the best Dortmund keepers now since Weidenfeller retired but I just think Dortmund will be a wee bit too strong overall like you said they kind of step up it's a big step up but um, Rangers have done well in Europe over the last couple of seasons so I mean I wouldn't say they're totally out you know what I mean I, I think Koble has been great I think Weidenfeller you could tell towards the end of his time was maybe beginning to become rusty I'd say is probably the word maybe overstayed past his prime and since then they kind of failed to replace him by Kobo looks a really good signing he looks like he's quite dependable bringing a bit of calmness to the defence but I, I think there will be goals in it as well um, Alan McGregor does love German teams right enough remember his save against Werder Bremen years ago that was phenomenal 
But uh, I, I reckon Dortmund will be too strong for us. I'm hopeful. I hope I'm wrong and we maybe get a result or upset the odds somewhat because I think it would... If Rangers beat Dortmund in the first leg, even if it is just getting a wee advantage in the first leg, it potentially could be the tie of the round. It would certainly be one of the shocks of the round, if not the shock of the round, I reckon. But I'll go... Aye, I'm going to go 2-0 Dortmund for the first leg. Mm-hmm. But it's quite interesting that you says there was only going to be 10,000 at the Dortmund game as well, Shug, because I think, like yourself, the yellow wall, what Anton says, it's iconic. It's something like every team in Europe would want their stadium to emulate. They would aspire for their stadium to be as inspiring, colourful, motivational and just electric is that it is like there's a reason that Dortmund games get a lot of tourists and it's certainly not the city of Dortmund because there's not much to it other than Dortmund feel I understand like mm-hmm. as in the club I know that sounded a bit weird but out with the football there's not much to it it's the life and without that atmosphere there what kind of effect do you think that will have on the team have they struggled like during Covid behind closed doors because Possibly, possibly. Been a lot of talk about what teams maybe suffered more without fans, what teams benefited, who played better, who played worse. Would you think Dortmund were like in that period? Was there any significant difference? And do you think that will maybe have an effect on this leg? Yeah, it's a tough one. I think it's because we used to it now, um, playing with kind of more empty stadium stuff like that. But I mean, definitely, like as you know, it's. Iconic, the, the atmosphere at the best Valor Stadium as well. So, like, I would definitely say it would affect it would affect the players when it first happened. Um, but the first game back, the, the kind of Geisterspiel, which in Germany is like ghost, they got the first ghost game, means no fans. Um, they beat Schalke with four nothing. So they absolutely hammered a rival, Schalke, in the first mm-hmm. game there. Um, and they narrowly lost to, to Bayern, if you remember Kimmich's chip. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it affected it too much, but I think there's no doubt if you get that crowd rolling, you want it's like they say 12th man, you could say it's your, your 13th and 14th man for Dortmund. Um, a wee thing as well, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but um, do you know what the the Westfalen Stadium was modelled on? It's Ibrox. It was Ibrox, yeah, that's correct, mate. <laughs> I remember hearing that. I was going to say something, and I was like, no, I'm maybe look stupid if I say it. But I, uh, I remember reading that somewhere. Uh, the old shape, the old shape of the West Stadium would have been similar to the old Ibrox before they filled the corners in. Aye. Oh, Stuart Robertson listening, get the corners filled in, we'll copy them back and hopefully get a similar atmosphere going. But <laughs> aye, that's quite interesting, actually. So, yeah, no, it's, it's one of them. And the players as well, I'm sure the players... They want to play in front of that. The Rangers players they'll miss out, although I'm sure they'll be quite on a one scale happy that it's only ten thousand. But it's one of them atmospheres that players playing in Scotland rarely ever get an opportunity to sample. So, say it detracts a wee bit from the game, but I'm sure it's still going to be a class game, and I'm really looking forward to it. And when you're saying back in the 90s and stuff like that, that was like a regular occurrence. But Rangers over the last 15, 20 years, 
since the 90s, basically. Not had the... So you just, you're spoiled back in the 90s because you're Dortmund and you're Juventus and you're Ajax. Every year you were playing them and you're just spoiled every year. You didn't realise it until it was disappeared through the noughties and that. Just didn't get the big names and stuff like that, get knocked out of Europe early. So it does feel a bit like the 90s going to play dormant. So one of the big names, one of the grammar names of Europe. I, I was only born in 2000, so early 90s, I think I was nothing but my grandparents' worst nightmare at the time. I don't know. Then maybe get a bit of hindsight on it now and say I used to love them. Are you going to get your half and half scarves? By the way, I have seen them on sale in the Dortmund club shop. The official half Rangers, half Dortmund scarves. Half and half scarves are one of them. They're so. But if you've got a top I know that's exactly what I'm going to say. I think that's probably the only one that I would go. I I I would go for it, and I reckon the leg at Ibrooks, I undoubtedly will get one. I'm not going to order the one for the away legs right enough, but I reckon the one at Ibrooks, I am I'm putting it out there. I'll admit that I, I will probably get one. I probably yourself, shall half and half scarves. Do you like them? Do you hate them? No, I'm not a fan, but. We've probably could put Castor on it another money making scheme here. They'll be rushing them through and they'll be in the Rangers shop before the end of the week <laughs> and creating ready for next week. You just won't see maybe one guys. No, no, I wouldn't <laughs> imagine. No, nah, just a Dortmund scarf. Uh, you might cut it in half. <laughs> I'm bending you in half what. I think we can guess which half would end up in the bin. I would get cut in half as well, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we need to come back on after the leg and what if Shugby's Ranger scarf you your Dortmund and I would just have the half and half one up in the middle. <laughs> get a wee screenshot and put it in Twitter. Right. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a right entertaining game, like you say. You know, Dortmund have scored five in their last two games and conceded five even though that was on the one game, obviously, but scored five, conceded five in your last two. It's looking promising, looking promising. You could you could catch, uh, the, the big, if you, a friend's going to get a goal, you need a leg, it's definitely on the counter-attack. Speed, Kent, stuff like that, Aribo. Um, Morelos, if he's got your shooting boots on, um, you could, uh, you could catch Dortmund out because they've been liable to get caught at the back, maybe like outnumbered at the back sometimes. Um, and Leverkusen done that obviously a couple of weeks ago. Right. Marco Rosa, he came for Gladbach in the summer. He tends to play quite an attacking, free-flowing style. Well, he certainly did with Gladbach anyway, but is that maybe how Dortmund get caught out at the back sometimes? Is it kind of similar to the way Gerard had Rangers playing with the full-backs pushed right up? Maybe yeah. centre-backs are getting exposed and the age of the likes of, although he's a veteran, he's a brilliant player still, Mats Hummels, is he maybe susceptible to getting caught out with his pace? Definitely. The, the full-backs push like, so far up and they get caught with it. It's Guerrero on the left-back. Uh, Munier at the right-back position get caught out. He played try playing pass like at right-back as well. They're just a slow defender. McKenzie's probably the quickest defender and even he's liable for a mistake. Um, Hummels is just amazing at reading the game even though he's, he's slow. I mean, he's got a tremendous football mind. And you'll see him 
maybe watch out for some of his, if he, he's, I'm assuming he's going to be fit to play after missing the weekend. Um, you watch out for his kind of quarterback-like passes. He's, he's, he loves a long-range pass to pick a, a ball out to assist a goal. But um, if you want a kind of weak links for Dortmund, it, it could be a defensive Muni. It's a right weird one with him. Um, he could play on. He, he could play his own side, and he could pass his ball straight straight to his in an attacking position. Um, defensively, he's no very good, but he's got quite a, a few assists this season for his crosses. Um, Mick Bellingham called him the the Belgium Beckham because he's <laughs> he's assisting. I swear to God, he's he can't pass five yards, right? He's not very good at marking. He's not got a good football brain, right? But he can. He can assist a goal for the right hand side. These crosses are like, I think it's about six, six assists, maybe six or eight assists this season so far from the right hand side. And he scored a few goals as well with the head. Um, but probably the defence is definitely Dortmund's weak link. Everybody knows that. Aye. Just with that description there, I couldn't help but get flashbacks to just about every Rangers fan's description of James Tavernier. <laughs> Well, he scores probably more goals. Obviously, he would in Scotland than he would probably in Germany, stuff like that. But uh, he's, I mean, Mooney has got great pace in that as well. Like, I mean, he's, he's decent, but he, they push so far up. And to me, it's like like it's awareness about getting back quicker and anticipating the counter-attack. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot, a lot is missing in modern football, like anticipation. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Bayern game where Hummels had lost the ball Kind of the kind of midfield area, and he get burnt for pace, and then at eleven dots ended up scoring. But in my opinion, he was he was kind of left isolated at the back by the rest of the defenders, and you don't do that to your slowest defender. Mm-hmm. So, what do you see as maybe Rangers' potential gateway or the key to getting a wee result here in the game? Who do you think will be the difference? Well, I'm ninety nine point nine nine percent sure he's not going to play, but. I did predict Sakala with his pace could could pop up. I don't think he's going to play. I think he's going to be on the bench, but that's what I reckon that hit them in the counter-attack with Sakala's pace and behind could be our key to getting there because I know Kent's going to play and Morelos is going to play Naribo's going to play, but I think Scott Arfield will play, but I think the one shock name on the team sheet could be Sakala just for that pace that get him behind and have pace of Kent on one side and Sakala on the other. I think could be a potential way into the game, but I imagine we'll probably try and keep it tight in the first leg and maybe only see Sakala off the bench. Hmm. I hopefully, I definitely think Sakala has got that raw physical ability that he maybe could you know, shift a gear and break through the back line, but just need to wait and see whether or not he gets the game time that's sufficient enough to let him do that. But, aye. Just before we finish up then, guys, Anton, have you got any plugs you'd like to put in for maybe the Glasgow Borussia Dortmund Twitter? Because undoubtedly we will have a fair few guys who have got a wee soft spot for Dortmund, whether it's been for the 90s like yourself or more recent times like myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not to, to be honest, I'm not really big on kind of plugging myself or plugging the, the kind of if anybody wants to kind of join, it's free. Um I'm not into kind of I, I can't even know what I'm kind of 
membership stuff and all that, if you want to join, send me an email. Uh, I'll contact us on Twitter and I'll add you on your email. And if you want tickets, I can apply for tickets. We get to apply in advance to the public sale as well. So they're quite good at getting the tickets. So I've actually got 10 tickets for Ibrox. Um, so I'm buzzing for that. Um, just waiting on coming through the post. It's just a, a nervy wait. Um, had a few of my, my Rangers mates. One of them's actually texted me. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. One of them actually season ticket holder texted me saying he's got my ticket if I want it beside him. But um, I can imagine him really, he'll be looking forward to that more than me probably. But if, if anybody <laughs> wants to join, um, feel free to kind of just drop me an email or a message on Twitter and we'll add your name in and if you if you want tickets or whatever for games in, in Germany or even in Britain as well sometimes if I'm playing, I'll be happy to help. Sounds good. Just to add into that, I've also joined the supporters club or also I more than happily and I'd recommend it to other people as well. If you've got a wee soft spot for Dortmund and whatever other teams you follow, I assume most listeners will be Rangers then definitely get involved. We've got links there on that. So can I, I just say as well, mate, they actually have some UK-based like fan events as well. Like um, 2018, I played in a it was a UK Dortmund fan club team against uh, a few Dortmund legends for the the eighties and that. Um, in Sheffield, so it was a kind of I was the only Scottish player that played in it. Uh, so you get kind of opportunities like that if it arises, and they're, they're very good at kind of uh, involving foreign fans as well. They've got a national kind of fan club kind of rep guy and was it with department and they're quite good at kind of interacting with us as well to keep up to date and stuff like that with things and, and in Germany as well uh, like for events obviously with, with COVID and stuff is a bit difficult because there's restrictions and people maybe no choice to have the vaccines and whatever it's difficult to travel over but hopefully when all that's finished uh, there'll be more opportunities Aye, 100% sounds good Right, so are you going to the game yourself, Anton? For the one at Ibrox, will you, will you be using yeah, one? Yeah, we've, we've got ten tickets, so we've got yeah, we've got ten tickets, um, and this will be the kind of the first time I've been able to get hold of that amount of tickets for a game. Um, basically due to COVID, I've helped a few. I've helped a, a couple of Rangers fans um, just before COVID. In fact, it might have been the last game before COVID. I think we played Union Berlin at the Westfalen Stadion and two. Two Rangers boys, well, one Rangers boy, two brothers contacted us and they managed to get them tickets for the Yellow Wall and they beat Onion 5 0. Um, and a few other boys uh, I've kind of applied as well, but some of them have been unsuccessful. Um, but we've we've got 10 going to, including myself as well, to Hybrox, which is um, really looking forward to buzzing Aye, for brilliant. it. Brilliant. What you, Shoggy? Will you be going to the game? Are you watching it? Uh, um... Um and I'll be in self isolation uh, before I go to China, so I've got the lockdown for I fly out on the twenty fifth. So, but I'll be watching it on the on my phone for sure. Right. I'll be watching it on the phone and yeah, hoping for a big result. I thought you were going to see watching it through your fingers, you. <laughs> you never know. It could be a playing, you might well be, mate. Aye. You might well be a big Havans playing. It could be a possibility. <laughs> sure, yeah. with some of the performances this season, if you had been watching it at home, you would have turned it over or just walked away and done something else because some of them have been brutal. But hopefully, that's not the case Thursday. And we got a great entertaining game. I reckon there'll be goals in it regardless. And you know what? I think. 
regardless of who we were to get in the last 32, we would have probably get beat considering it was going to be a team dropping for the Champions League. So personally, I'm just buzzing that we got Dortmund and it's a likeable team. It's brilliant young players and it's kind of players that you would go, do you know what, i seen them live, i seen them at Ibrooks. I would get hammered or we get beat or whatever, whatever the outcome is, not the two legs. But it'll be an experience regardless. And a brilliant opportunity for our players to test ourselves at the very highest level. Absolutely. I definitely I hope you hope he's enjoyed the experience. If all your if you're going mate to obviously the game in uh, next week, um just enjoy it. Hopefully well enjoy a defeat if that makes sense. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, thanks very much for coming on, guys, and thanks very much everybody for listening. Cheers for having us on, boys. Right. Yes. We'll hopefully get you back on after the first leg, but 